Are you a technician who wants to set yourself apart? Then the Trusted Technician Podcast is for you. I'm Derek Hofrichter, coach and trainer at SBE. And on this podcast, we will have experienced HVAC coaches and trainers, as well as top performing technicians, all sharing their tips and strategies to help you be more successful. Welcome to the Trusted Technician Podcast. I'm Coach Derek at SBE. And today our guest is Chris. Chris is at Russell's Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electric out in Virginia. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Chris, I'm excited to talk with you. You did really well last year. You had a great year. You finished fifth in our SBE Trusted Technician Rankings, and you did a little over $2 million in revenue. So Chris, tell me, I always like to start a little bit autobiographical. How long have you been involved you know, in HVAC and service? Kind of give us a little background about yourself. Well, I'd been in the trade 26 years. Majority of that, almost all of it was installing. That was my passion. That's what I like to do. I did own a business, so I, I ran service. So it wasn't that I didn't know how to do it. I just liked to install. Now I'm just too old. Too old, too old for it. What, what made you love uh, install so much? I'm not sure. I just like the, the craft of it. I always, you could tell when you went to one of my installs. Okay. So you took, took a lot of pride in how it was done right, done well, all, all of those things. Okay. I, I appreciate that. What do you uh, love most about being in the trades? It's taught me a lot. I mean, I'm very handy because of it. You can build just about anything, work on just about anything. And a lot of that is, is from, from doing this. Yeah. And I think being able to switch so seamlessly and expertly from install as a passion to having a really good service year, I think speaks to being able to do everything. What, what do you find most challenging about working in the trades? The most challenging is, is it's on demand. When it's duty calls, you have to do it. Meaning summertime is a lot of late days. You don't know when you're getting off, but that can be challenging. Yeah, so, I, I, absolutely. So. Chris, something that I heard you say that was interesting to me that I want to dive into a little bit more, as you say, you analyze everything. What do you mean by that? Give me some examples of what you do and what you're analyzing and why do you do that? That's just always how I, I absorb everything and I put it in the back and you know, take from it what I feel is necessary. So what would be something that you would analyze? Like you ran a call and someone was like no or maybe i need to think about it or is that what we're, you're talking about of like you're going to analyze that whole situation yeah, pretty much dad and other successful people i tend to pick their brains without them knowing that i'm doing it things like that you know what works for them and then we're not in the field whatever works for me and i try to build upon that okay so is it pretty immediate too like are you analyzing it like as soon as you leave the yeah. call or is, okay. So you're, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. And just like you replay it and kind of think I should have done this differently or this could have happened or do you, do you tend to focus on the, the negative or the positive or both? Like when you analyze it, is there any weight to one or the other? Well, I kind of just let the negativity just, I don't try not to think about it. Okay. Just, just let that part build. go. Yeah. I just try to build on, on the positive stuff and I'm very good at 
repetition. I can repeat things, you know, on a consistent basis per bait. So, okay. So it's a, it's a constant, like, like you just got done with the call, you know, there was some negative stuff. You're not, you're going to try not to let that affect the next call. Right. We got to, right. right. We got to kind of wash that out, but then you're going to analyze, okay, I did this, I did this, I did this. Maybe I should repeat some of that or maybe, you know, maybe that, maybe that works. Is that sort of a little bit of the process? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What, like, why do you think you do that? Where did that come from? I'm not sure. I just, I've always strived to do good. I, I've always wanted to be the best at anything. Have you, yeah. Okay. So have you ever had like a, like a coach along the way that would intentionally make you debrief thing? Well, we do a little bit of coaching here. Yeah. um, Cause I, I like what you're saying about analyzing and stuff. And from my seat as a coach, oftentimes it's really hard to get techs bought into this idea of analyzing their calls. Yeah. Which is. Oftentimes what a coach does, right? If we think about sports, like, you know, let's say we like football. What, what is the coach doing? It's like, Hey, let's look at the tape. Let's look at yeah. the film. Let's analyze. Yeah. You know, and I found a lot of technicians, you know, don't want to do that. You know, don't, don't like it. It's sort of like next call, next call, next call, move forward, move on. So like, this is like music to my coach's ears. You're talking right. about how much you love to analyze. Yeah. Uh, you gotta have to be intentional as for sure. So talk to me a little bit about, cause you obviously had a good year. What are you intentional about when you're, when you're running to a call, what are your intentions that you're going to do on the call? Well, yeah, first off, of course, I always want to, to sell something, but you know, I'm just going to be very upfront with the customer to try to figure them out exactly who they are and what kind of person they are. So that's pretty much my first step and, you know, just my whole process. Why, why is that so important to know who they are? Well, it's, it's going to reflect on when you bring things up and what things you're bringing up, you know? Okay. So it's going to inform your strategy with them or the options that they might want. So w- what do you do to tr- figure out who they are? Like how, cause I, I think a lot of people, right? They're maybe hesitant to maybe share too much info, especially if they've never met you before. Right. right. Or, or things like that. So what's sort of your strategy to start to figure out who they are? As I pull up, I'm looking, I'm looking at the house, how, how it's kept, the vehicles, yeah, everything. Okay. What about once you start talking with them, do you have like some go-to questions or go-to topics that you try to explore with them? It's pretty much all the same every single time. The questions. Yeah. Walk you know, me through it a little bit. Yeah. You know, just. Call it on arrival as far as their system, what they like, what they don't like, how much they know about it, by how they speak. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how much do they know about their system, about just HVAC in, in, in general? general? Okay. Okay. So you're starting to get to know who they are. I've heard you talk to before when we were talking earlier about engagement and trust. What's the value in engagement and trust to you? It's almost everything. I mean, if you don't engage, you're not going to build trust. You just won't. How do you know when trust is going in the right direction? They tend to open up more. Um, you can tell by body language, their responses. I mean, it's something you can definitely tell. You, you can feel it. 
you can hear it. Yeah. If you feel like you're not building trust, like if you feel like it's not going the right direction, what do you do in that scenario? I mean, sometimes you're just not going to, there's nothing you can, can do. You just try to do the best you can and, and you have to move on sometimes. Yeah. But, not, not everyone's a trusting type of person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're, you know, they may have bad experience from the past with contractors or sometimes there's nothing you can say or do. And they're going to look at you a certain way as a contractor, as a grunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like coming from install helps you now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In what ways? Just my knowledge on how it should be, how the whole process is going to work. When I explain it to them my setup of, of everything, how the install is going to be, what the actual customer needs. So, yeah, it's, you know, I don't, I don't think it's like super common, right. That I talk to technicians that come from the install yeah. side, <laughs> right. Especially, you know, what you were saying, you love it, right. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a, a technician tell me that yeah, that's, that's actually right. their passion, right. So that, that is uh, unique, but I have heard from a few you know, that have shared with me kind of a similar thing that, that they feel sort of blessed that they happen to come out of the install side of things. Yeah. Just guys don't typically stay in as long as I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for real. Yeah. Years yeah. And they're gone. Yeah. Let's switch gears here a little bit and let's talk about selling equipment. Cause uh, you know, because I mentioned you did over 2 million in revenue and I, I think, you know, over half of that came from selling equipment. So what's, what's sort of your overall philosophy or thoughts just in general on selling HVAC equipment. Uh, I'm just curious to hear you talk about it uh, a, a little bit. Do you find it easy, hard, challenging? Do you like it? What are your thoughts on it? Well, going into it, what was tough for me in the beginning, you can't sell the customer. You can't give them what you want. You have to learn and kind of, they got to buy instead of selling. I had a problem with money in the beginning, you okay. know, I was overcharging. I just had to let that go. Okay. So that you was, felt, yeah. Cause on the install side, you didn't have to really have too many. That was already bought right now. It was your job to, to deliver it. So you had to overcome some uncomfortability yeah. about money. Yeah, absolutely. How did you do that? Cause a, a lot of technicians struggle with this. This is like a big thing that holds a lot of them back. So how did you overcome it? Uh, I just bought into the system here. Cause you know, they talk about it. Berto was a big part of that. He told me that and I just told myself, I'm going to do it and, and see how it goes. And it started working. And from there, I just ran with it. Yeah. Just go for it. Right. Just, yeah. 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 And then, okay. So then did, did people surprise you then? Oh yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah, Always. But you're, you're thinking like, there's no way, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway. And then yeah. people are like, okay, yeah. When you're in front of a, you know, let's say an older system, how, how do you typically get down the path of the replacement, right? Like what, what, what sort of your strategy? Are you just making sure to be thorough, you know, give well, them all yeah. the, yeah, go for it. Yeah. I'm going to dig into that system. Tell me more. I'm going through everything. I, I'm documenting everything. I'm taking pictures. So that way, when I get to that customer, they can see it or I can physically show them. And it's a lot of what ifs or, or it can be, you know, you've got to build a picture with them. Okay. So it's an idea of you're building a picture, but it's the complete picture. Right. Right. 
what's in their best interest. And so zero to a hundred sometimes. Yeah. The full intensity. Cause some people are not ready yet for a new system. Some people maybe are already sort of thinking that way. Your, your idea is I'm going to give them the full idea of everything that they, well, basically all their options, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you try to go down the route of repair first? No. Okay. So just tell me then a little bit. It really depends. I mean, if it's something small and simple. Yeah. But if that system is 10 plus and it, and it's going to be $800,000, we probably should, should talk and really depends on the shape and past history on it. Okay. So that, that's part of the full picture is also what's happened in the past. Yeah. And you have to know that. Oh yeah. Either by looking through notes or if they're a new customer, we just being thorough with your questions. Yeah. Yeah. And when you dig into the system, you can tell. When you're taking the photos, what are you taking photos of? Everything. Duckwork condition. If it has growth, coils, the holes added up. Okay. What, what do you want the homeowner to see in those photos? The worst conditions. <laughs> I mean, just the, the, the shape it's in. Yeah, of course, you're not lying to them. You're not trying to sell them something when their system's fine. So it doesn't work on everyone, but just coils, amp draws, all components, functionality. Yeah. You know, the, I, I've got this sort of philosophy I talk about where there's already sort of like a iffy trust environment. It, it just remove things that people have to believe you on. Right. It's just sort of like an overall thing if, right. And I think you mentioned before too, like people just sort of have maybe an idea about contractors and the trade. Yeah. Obviously yeah. we're doing things to earn trust, but I don't have to believe slash trust you if I can see it with my own eyes. Right. It just yeah. exists. So I, I like what you're saying. And this is something that I think is really important for technicians to hear about is that if you document everything with photos, you, you just let that tell the story, right? You don't have to, uh try to convince them of anything, right? It is what it is. I can see. Yeah. People don't have to be trained in HVAC to know that something doesn't look good. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so I sometimes wonder why so many technicians just refuse to take photos. Yes. Yeah, some of them just want eight hours and, and, and go. So you think maybe some of it is just the time that it takes? To do that they're trying to go fast yeah they don't want to have the conversations they're not interested in selling they just want to do their job and head on out check the boxes and head home yeah head to the next call it, it's an ish take on it it's an avoidance of the conversation yeah okay. yeah that's interesting do you see that or has that been your experience too where uh, other techs or other uh, maybe other companies that, are, that were out there before you didn't yeah tell me about that yeah we i run into it all the time yeah just text fixing all the equipment putting tons of money into things that really shouldn't be repaired and just nursing it along and we're in many cases where it's not beneficial to the customer you just blink yeah so then it's part, part of why that's something that i'm interested in because it's like I think like maybe the technician self justifies this right. of I'm somehow 
doing the homeowner a favor, or this is like, I'm, I'm operating in the homeowner's best interest, but it's yes. really not. Now you can't go off what your belief is that it's theirs, but if you don't bring certain things to them, they don't know what it is. Yeah. So it's like, be thorough, document everything, get all the cards out on the table yeah. and let the homeowner make the best decision with all of the info. Yeah. Yeah. It seems so simple and yet <laughs> it does. Oh, good. Yeah, that sounds so simple when we're talking about it, but I mean, this is the difference for everyone listening. This is the difference between a tech who does over 2 million, uh, in revenue and the average tech in North America does like 200,000. Yeah. But again, probably the average way, the normal way is to not be thorough, not document things, not take photos, check some boxes and move on. Yes. Yeah. You call that the guys that get the right and hit the gate. I like that. Chris, we got to wrap up this conversation. If there was something that obviously you've got a lot of experience, you've been in the trades for a while, you did really well. If you could pass something on, you know, for the technicians listening to this, who maybe they're like, man, I, I want to have a year like Chris did. If you could just like pass on invite to technicians, what would you say to you them? You just have to, first off, you have to have that drive. You got to give it a hundred percent. If you go on there, so basically you're not going to succeed got to be a steward you got to pick everything up and not quit you just got to go hard you how do you keep wanting it chris how do you stay motivated year round i don't like to lose at anything we have some guys here that are pretty pretty damn good and i don't want to be second okay so Sometimes maybe then if it's not just inherently internal, like it is healthy to have competition, right? So maybe that would be something too, where they need to find, whether it's at their company or some colleagues or some peers, like, right. Yeah. Find some, find some, find some people to push each other. Yeah. Not everybody has that, but if you want, if you want to be up there, you, I think you need to have that. Yeah, I agree. Well, you were, you won at your company last year. You're the, you're the highest ranked. Russell's tech. So is that the plan again? You're going to try to. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I want the whole, I'm, I don't want to be fifth and has to be. Oh yeah. Go for that. Number one spot. I'll be number one. All right. We'll keep an eye on it. All right, Chris, thanks so much for joining our podcast. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the trusted technician podcast. If you would like to learn more about SBE, you can find us online at sbeodyssey.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a review. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.